Warning, the following program contains an open, honest, frank, and sometimes explicit discussion of sex. Listener discretion is advised. Midwest Menage a Trois. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever the hell time you're listening to us. Welcome to Midwest Menage a Trois. I am JD, and I'm here with my newly liberated wife, Carmen. <laughs> How you doing tonight, honey? I'm wonderful. I'm so fucking excited. Okay. I'm I don't know. I don't have eardrums anymore. <laughs> I'm like a kid in a candy store. It has been one hell of a week to say the least. Uh we are bringing you tonight an interview that we have talked and talked and talked about and we finally got her. Ginger Lynn is coming on the show in just a little bit. We are so excited to have her. It is it's awesome. We recorded it about a week ago or so, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and spent a long time talking to her. It was amazing. It was most of the night. Yeah, we we uh, it's going to air in two parts. It was just too long to make one show, so uh, we're going to bring it to you in two parts tonight. It will be part one, and we want to encourage everybody out there, go check out gingerlin.com, gingerlinauctions.com, and gingerlinart.com. She's got three websites. They're all awesome. Make sure you stop by and visit them. Also, uh, check out her brand new podcast. She's uh, joining our world. It's called The Ginger and Rose Show, so make sure you check that out as well. And stay tuned because, let's see, we've got two parts of Ginger Lynn, and then we're going to talk about this past weekend a little bit on our show after that. Wow. (laughs) Carmen had fun. (laughs) Oh, and you didn't? No, JD had a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, of course, we're referring to the fact that we went to the naked campground again and had lots of friends with us this time. It was one for the record books, I'll say. <laughs> we'll talk more. Carmen's got some stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, here it is. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Miss Ginger Lynn, here's part one. Please welcome to the show, Model Actress, artist, radio host, entrepreneur, icon, and advocate, all around badass goddess, Miss Ginger Lynn Allen. Ginger Lynn, how are you? That is the best introduction I've ever had. <laughs> I'm so glad this is, you're going to have to send me a copy of this just so I can say, no, this is what people think of me, seriously. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> We are so glad you could join us here tonight. This is awesome. We, Like I said, we've talked about you quite a bit on the show because we're recording literally 20 miles from your hometown right now. I'm I'm a Rockford girl down in and out. You can take the girl out of Rockford, but you can never take the Rockford out of the girl. Right? No, no, you can't. And I have so many wonderful memories of Rockford. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a, a, a rock and roll star. I wanted to be a singer so bad. My girlfriend and I were going to be the next heart. And so I took guitar lessons down at Nielsen. And so Rick Nielsen's dad taught me how to play guitar. No kidding. And I, yeah. <laughs> wow. And so I've known, I've, I met Rick um, when I was, you know, probably 13. And then most of the rest of the band, I mean, I remember when they played in the park. You know, oh, and one yeah. of my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's older sister, 
Jay was dating Bunny, and my one of my girlfriends, another girlfriend, was dating Tom. Um, everybody, I just, it's, it's like old home week. I just saw actually went to see Cheap Trick uh, in California about a, two months ago, and and got to see Tom. Is always just the nicest guy ever. He's so nice. And Robin is too. And well, Bunny's not with the band anymore. Rick, Rick is Rick. I'll, I, I don't know if you're aware. Of, yeah, Rick is definitely Rick. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Bunny is actually still playing in Rockford. Um, there's a little bar, yeah, a little bar down by the river called Mary's Place. It's I think it's the oldest tavern in Rockford, and he plays there on Monday nights a lot. When I come back, I'm going to go and see him. Oh, I haven't seen Bunny in years. I would love to see him. He's so talented, and always he was so nice to me. I was. Probably, oh, I was in junior high when I met him, and uh, you know they, they and they were becoming you know pretty famous, and, and he's just. He was always really kind to me. Everybody was, except for Rick. Now we Rick gotta, is just full of himself. I was going to say, we need to throw this out there <laughs> for our listeners. Uh, we're talking about Cheap Trick. Uh, for those of you oh, not yeah, in the Midwest, yeah. some people might not know, because I remember a period of time, it's, it's gotten better now, but it used to be when they'd talk about Cheap Trick, they'd call them, they'd say they were from Chicago. Nobody knew they were from Rockford, especially like in the late serious? 70s, early 80s. Yeah, it was always Chicago. But there's always that misconception. You tell somebody you live in Illinois and they go, oh, you live in Chicago. No. Chicago, exactly. <laughs> Where's your, wait, you didn't even, I don't hear an accent there. I, I, I can still, I still say Chicago. Chicago, you, yeah. You said it like, yeah, Chicago. You said it like a normal person, like a non-Midwestern. That's his radio <laughs> voice. Yeah, the radio training coming through, your I guess. Your radio voice, Okay. <laughs> But that is one thing I wanted to commend you on is throughout all the the, the fame and, and your your life and everything, you've never disowned Rockford. And Rockford, let's see, I, there was a, a stretch of like five or ten years where Money Magazine rated it the worst city in America to live in. Um, I just, saw that. Yeah, it was. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, no, Rockford's <laughs> great. It was wonderful to grow up there. Yeah, you've always but I, I, been a proponent of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just, it was, uh, you know, I have so many wonderful memories of Mississippi Gardens and um, intertubing down the Rock River with a, a keg of beer in, in, in one of the tires. <laughs> um, you know, going out to the artesian well and putting our, our six pack of beer in. Uh, God, I sound like an alcoholic. But, you know, teenagers <laughs> growing up. Oh, no, you um, fit right in on this show. Know, <laughs> that's what you did. I had yeah. my first my first orgasm in Rockford, which was by myself in the bathtub. Um, with a little trickle of water. Um, I had my first boyfriend that I was with up until my junior year of high school. Um, we got together when I was 13, so I had a long-time boyfriend, but we didn't want to get pregnant. And so, you know, I was sexually active in high school. And so we did, we, we, I figured out, I thought, well, you know what we can do? We'll just do it in the butt. It will be fine. <laughs> well, yeah. So... And and so when the girls' bathroom at at, at Rockford uh, at West High, there was always the girls in there that would the tough girls, the ones that would smoke cigarettes or smoke weed, and it was always like you really didn't want to go in there a lot on your own because I I made friends with everybody. I was always good at that, but they were like you know you could get drasty going in there. I would bring my boyfriend in there with me, and. We would do it in the butt in the stall with oh all the girls outside smoking. 
Oh, I've had sex in cornfields in Rockford. I can milk a cow. Um, I've never, I've chased many a greased pig, but never caught one. Um, some of my favorite memories are just, I had a friend uh, that lived out um, on, on the east side, and we would take, we would go out on the farm roads, and we took up a tractor with a, a trailer bed, put haystacks on it and keg the beer, and we would just hit every bump-up bar on the outskirts of Rockford that we could find. I mean, can you imagine seeing a trailer pull up with a bunch of teenagers <laughs> hooting and hollering and carrying on? Oh, it was so. I I don't disown Rockford or have anything negative to say about it. It will always be my hometown, and, and that's my, exactly my exactly why we wanted to have you on the show because you get it. We when we talk about sex in the Midwest and, and just Midwestern life in general, yeah, we did. We we went out in cornfields and drank beer, and we went tubing down yeah. the river. We matter of fact, we just went tubing down the Kishwaukee River last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Well, what? There's four rivers. There's, there's the Rock River. There's Kishwaukee. Yep. What are the, aren't there four rivers? Pecatonica. Pecatonica, yes. I'm trying to think of what the other one. There's Maybe Keith Creek, but that's yet. too small. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really the the three majors. Those are the three. Yeah. 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 I so. just remember that was one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, the last time I was back there, I was uh, we rented bikes down by the river um, uh, off of Main Street. And my nieces and nephews, they'd grown up their whole lives. They were like 8, 9, and 14. And they'd never been in the Rock River. So I'm being Aunt Ginger, and I'm like, oh, come here, no, I just stand on the pier here. You can feel feel the waves move. Feel when the, when the boats go by, you get a little wave. And within oh, two minutes, boom, 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 we had all three of them shoved in the river. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Aunt Ginger jumped in with them, but I had to uh, let them know what it was there for. They they didn't know you go in the, go in the rivers. Oh my goodness! One of the beautiful <laughs> things about Rockford. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So now, sex in the Midwest. Yeah. I'm gonna. I have to ask you a question. Sure. Sex in the Midwest. I I didn't fit in. I was the most outgoing, sexual. Um, comfortable with my sexuality from day one type of a person and I, I think I actually scared people um, when I grew up there you know there I, I was just so comfortable with being who I am is it is do, do you stand out in the crowd of Rockford I mean you're on the radio people know your name uh, they know who you are what kind of feedback do you get um mostly from our audience, obviously, we get great feedback. Uh, the people that are our listeners will come up to us and, and we'll do different events and such, and they love the show. They they look at it as education, I guess, and that's kind of how we try and present it a little bit as well. I would say it's probably getting better as far as acceptance in the Midwest goes. It's still not there, yeah. but it's getting better. Yeah, it's it's kind of people are... Everybody's doing it, but they're afraid to talk about it. And so this is a really good platform for regular people that you would just see on the street sitting next to you. They can they can talk about the things, you know, that 
aren't as and realize that they're not the only ones that are doing it. They're not the exactly. the swingers. They're not the people in the lifestyle or BDSM or whatever, whatever they're into. There's other people that are just like them. And I think now that the internet has, I mean, it's the internet's been out there for a long time, but I think people are using it more and more for educational purposes on sex education. And ironically enough, when we started this show, Within the first year or so, we figured out that some of our very close neighbors were into a lot of the same stuff we are talking about. So, isn't that great? Yeah, it is. It's awesome. And 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 people have a safe place to talk about it. And and both of you make me very comfortable and at ease. And so I'm I'm going to guess that all of your listeners um, feel the same way. And it's a wonderful platform. So I well, I you. commend you on what you're doing there, at Rockford and and. Midwest needs you. <laughs> well, Let's face it. People need to get laid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not that, not that being, being a woman, come on, Carmen, we never have a problem getting laid. I've never had a problem in my life, except I am losing my game a little bit with women. Now that I'm getting a little, I still have it with, with guys. I can really? do anybody I want. But I don't. No, I'm in a I, relationship, and I just celebrated my our 10 year anniversary and wow. for me it was the most amazing anniversary ever it's the first time i've been faithful to a man for you know more than a year i think and it's 10 years so my my pussy is off limits to other men <laughs> but i still i still love my ladies still you know i like the girls and it was always so easy to go out and i just pick somebody up and bring them home but now now it's getting where you know i I'm feeling older. I'm in my 50s now, you know, and I still look great and I still go out and I can hold my own and, you know, my body's still better than, you know, half of the 18-year-olds I, I see when I go out. But at the same time, I am 56 years old now, so it really sucks. I'm losing my game. I'm seriously, con- well, there's, we have a place here in Las Vegas, which is where I live now, called The Green Door, which is a lot of fun. It's it's a sex club and... uh if you're me, you can just go in whenever you want. So we go down there occasionally, and uh, it, I, I like the voyeurism. So and there's all these different rooms. You've got the the, the shower room and the pee room and the, the bondage room, and you've got the, the couples' rooms, and you've got the couples' area. And you've got so what I chose to be in the the last time we went was I was uh, tied to a, a cross or not a cross, but a big X. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boyfriend was—he was the only one to go around that was allowed to beat me. But I, there was a circle of like it was the, the most—I, you know, I've done—I did porn for two years and three months. I did sixty-nine movies. I'm used to people watching me have sex, but it was so different being up there and being so vulnerable and tied up and naked in front of a bunch of strangers that were jerking off watching me get. Uh, you know, flogged banked and, and yeah. whipped and flogged and and uh, it was a, a turn on. But I was really freaked out. I was really worried about somebody getting jizz on me, which is, <laughs> again really weird. It was like I don't want strange jizz on me. No, no, you keep your jizz over there. <laughs> well, when you come back to Rockford, I'm sure there would be a line of ladies out the door waiting for you. So. Well, then I'm coming. You know what? When I come back, I'll get in touch with you guys, and maybe I'll come in the studio, 
and and we'll we'll get me hooked up. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we will have a line of ladies out the door for you. Get me a uh, get me a Rockford girl. I haven't had one in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen, uh, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Hi, Carmen. What are you hearing? Oh my gosh, my uh, my woman Cherry could be popped by yeah. by the. <gasps> You've never been with a woman before. Never, never. We were actually oh, just Carmen. talking about it. Um, you know, I've had ladies play with my boobs. I have, I have never kissed a girl, and so all of our friends are like, "Whoa, who's gonna pop her cherry?" <laughs> I'll pop your cherry. You know what? A girl, I learned to kiss from a girl. It was my first real three-way. And I was so excited. It was, I, it was after I'd, right after I'd moved to California. And my boyfriend decided that he was going to follow me out there. And he came out. And I was managing. When I left Rockford, I managed. I was the assistant manager at Musicland out in Chesney Park. And when I came out to visit my grandparents, um, I went to one of the local music lands and uh, said I'd love to work out here. And I got it. I was a troubleshooter. I had nine stores within uh, about a month. <laughs> but I talked my assistant manager into having our first three-way with us. And I had her up against the door of the bathroom. We were outside the bathroom, but I just pressed her up and held her hand so she couldn't move and started kissing her. And she stopped me mid-kiss and she goes, you kiss like a boy. <laughs> and I didn't know there was a difference. Right. And I had no idea. I, I just kissed how I'd been kissed. And so I learned how to kiss from a girl. And what I can tell now, but when I kiss someone, um, I can tell what kind of a fuck you are, what kind of a lay you are, how you fuck. I can tell the way you kiss is an, is an indicator as to how you fuck. If you're like that little tongue dirt and in and out kind of thing, you know, guys like that, you know, you're just going to get like, you know, put, you know, three pump chuck. And, uh, <laughs> wow. No, guys, you take note. You've got the mush mouth, which usually to me indicates you can't get your dick hard. Um, <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the best, Kissers are the ones that are a little bit of everything. They're forceful. They're gentle. They you nibble. Your tongues are in and out and dancing together. I I I can kiss for an hour. I love kissing. And um, Carmen, I would love to be your first kiss. <laughs> wow. Sorry, friends. You're all off the table until Ginger comes to town. <laughs> Ginger, I want to. You're on. You think? JD, you make sure that she holds. I she stays true. To yeah. <laughs> you think I? You, you know, think I have any say in this whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> but you can remind her that she said yes on the radio. Ah, there you, we have audio. We have it recorded. Yeah, we do. We do. All right, Carmen, it's you and me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just start with a kiss, and we'll see where it goes. Oh. Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, Ginger! I wanted to ask you a couple of quick things since we got you to the point where you're you're in California now. You're what about twenty years old or so when you went out there? Yes. Yeah. I so was nineteen actually. Nineteen. Okay. And then um, as you're out there, you're in California in that 
vicinity in the heyday of Sunset Strip, the Whiskey A Go Go. Um, yes. Did, were you Whiskey involved in any first, of that scene? No. The Troubadour was the first club that I went to. Really? Um, yeah. And then the Whiskey A Go Go many times. Uh, the Rainbow Room was one of my favorites. Uh, of course, back when the Viper Room was still around. I don't know if the Viper Room's still around. Uh, that was the club that uh, Johnny Depp owned right, at yeah. uh, River Phoenix yes. died right outside of it. So I don't know. I'm sure it's not there anymore. But yeah, I did the clubs when I moved out there. Um, I actually moved to Southern California, like down in the Orange County area first. Oh, okay. Because I was afraid of Los. I was afraid of Los Angeles. It was so big. It went on forever and. When I finally moved into the Los Angeles area, I moved into a place called Topanga Canyon, which is a, a place up in the hills. So mm-hmm. I was kind of, it was, it was like a hippie town, but I loved it because I felt safe. I felt, I felt like Rockford, you know, there was a little creek that ran through it. And, uh, but then things changed real quick. You know, I, I wasn't making enough money to support two people. I was working 70 hours a week. And so I answered an ad in the paper, um, for a, a a stripper for bachelor parties. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I, I, I got my little boom box and I made put together a cassette tape that I, you know, waited listening to the radio so I could tape it without the <laughs> DJ saying anything. I'm like, oh, why are you talking? <laughs> um, so I had everything ready. And my boyfriend and I, we got there and I hadn't thought it through. I hadn't realized the fact that I would be the only girl there with a bunch of dudes with hard dicks. And I just, I walked in, I set my, my, my little boom box down and I just turned back around and I ran out the door. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and then my boyfriend went back in to get my boom box and they beat him up. It was oh, the no. worst night ever. So that didn't work out. So then I had a bunch of friends that I'd met at, at the gym. And we were going to the river, and the river is where uh, Colorado, California, Nevada, and what's the other place? There's it's it's four corners. Oh, the four, four corners, rivers sure. meet. Okay. Four, yes, yeah, so we we would just go to the four, the river, and uh, so we're all out there, and it was the first day, and we've got all our hot dogs and our food and our gas and our beer and our pot and. It, great and we're going up and down the river we're having a great time day two we have no money we have no beer we have no hot dogs we have no gas <laughs> and there's like <laughs> 10 of us so we're like what the fuck are we going to do and as we you know had been cruising around every bar had uh wet t-shirt contest oh sure so i started i entered a wet t-shirt contest and there's all these girls that they're used to doing it and they're out there and they're showing their titties and lifting their top up and i was I wasn't shy, but I was more of a tease. Like, I never showed my full pities. And I won, like, we stayed for, like, a week and a half. Oh, my Every gosh. day I was a different wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> That's a heck of a way I to never, pay for a vacation. No good. Uh, I'm telling you, it worked. And then from there, I answered the ad that said, figure models wanted. And uh, within two days, I shot my for penthouse. Uh, and this was back when there were a lot of men's magazines. So I, I still have my, my day runners. I still, still use them, but I I have them back from when I started. And in my first three months, um, so that's approximately 90 days. I worked 84 days. 
Wow. And that, and all I did was all I did was model. Wow. All I did was figure modeling, and uh, people, my agents started asking me to do commercial, and I'm thinking toothpaste, yay! I would love to do that. Not realizing that commercial meant sex on film. Uh-huh. And when he did tell me that, I said, I'm, I have the same stereotype, preconceived notion of an adult film star that a lot of people do, that they're dirty or that they're, you know, they're hookers and that they don't take care of themselves and that they're drug addicts. And I just, in my head, I was insulted. I was like, I would never do that. That's not, I'm not that kind of a girl. Right. And about four months later, I guess, um, I was in my agent's office, and this beautiful girl came in with long red hair and a, a long, flowing white dress, and she was smoking a cigarette out of one of those those long holders like they did back in the 20s or 30s or whenever they did that. Mm-hmm. And she was reading a script out loud, and I was fascinated. And I, I, I interrupted her, and I asked her, I said, are you a porn star? And she said, yeah, I am. And I asked if I could take her to lunch, and I did. And after lunch, I went back to my agent's office and I said, okay, I'll do this, but I have script approval. (laughs) I want cast approval and I want this much money per scene, per sex scene, and this much money for acting days. He was on the floor laughing. (laughs) Now, this is somebody who looks like Elvis. He's got the long sideburns. He's got the pompadour hairdo. And, you know, this is Jim South. You know, Daddy Jim was called everybody darling. And uh, he just thought it was hysterical. And two weeks later, uh, there was a a woman. She used to be, do you remember the gong show? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Well, she was, Svetlana Marsh was tall blonde that hit the gong. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she and her husband were the couple that I did my first two films for on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. And I made more money on those two movies than I made working two years at Musicland. Oh, my goodness. And I got to pick who I did it with. I did get the cast approval. I did get the script approval. I, I got everything that, that a star got from day one. And this is back when, when it was the heyday. And then within uh, less than a year, um, I was approached by by a man that was starting a new company called who's going to call it Vivid Video, and they wanted to put me under contract, like the big stars did back in the studios in, in the early days of, of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and no one had done that up to that point. You know, you were just you know you worked, you were you, you made movies, um, and the, I, I it was just it was wonderful. We had 120 page scripts. And on page 15, it would there would be one little sentence where it would go, sex scene. Now, you know, I, I don't think there are any scripts these days. I'm sure there are some big budget movies that are made, but it was it was real acting um, and and real sex. And there was no Viagra that you know you were turned on by the person you were doing it with. Um, we were treated like royalty. Um, I had my own toothbrush at the Playboy Mansion. I started hanging out there every single weekend. Um, and my life just changed. I, I went from this, this and I, I stayed with a girl from Rockford. I always did, but now I was in a candy store. All the <laughs> things that were taboo in Rockford that like I would never tell anybody, everybody's doing everywhere. Sure. Um, you know, I've had sex standing in line to go into a club. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you just <laughs> it was everywhere so, out there. It, it it was the 80s. 
So you know, this is when the half was in his, his prime and, you know, everything was, everybody was doing everything. You know, Madonna was a big deal and, and my house was two streets up from Madonna's. Oh, no kidding. Um, so I'd be out. <laughs> no, so I'd see her. I'd be out with, I, I have, I'm a big Rottweiler fan. I've got one that I need to go pick up. He's a doggy daycare today. <laughs> but, um, so I'd be out with, with my Roddy. And at that point I had two Roddies and I'd run up this way with what they called Birdland. And it was the, these hills up about Sunset Boulevard. So if you drove a half a mile down from my house, you'd be on Sunset. And so I'd be out there jogging and I'd have my dog with me. And I would see Madonna two or three times a week. Not once, and she had this, this posse around her, not once did she ever look up. I'm like, how do you run? You're not from Rockford. How do you do? <laughs> you know, nice people, when they see each other, acknowledge each other. Right. They're not asking you to say hi. I'm not asking her, you know, stop and come over for lunch. You know, just give me a head nod or something. So I got back at her, though, when I went, she, when she was with uh, Sean Penn, she was out of town one night. And Sean had a party. And I still have the tattoo on my right ankle that Sean Penn gave me in his bathroom. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. My very, it's a heart with a crucifix that Sean Penn actually gave to me. So, <laughs> well, there's something not everybody can say. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, I don't even remember what your question was. I hope I didn't. I, I, <laughs> no, I, that's no. awesome. Not this so, is how we roll. So. <laughs> I, I guess okay, good. My, my next question would be then you're in the heyday like we t and many people do refer to it as the golden age of adult film that that whole really 80s was. period yeah it was it was something else how does it go over back in Rockford <laughs> did, did people find out well, back here did, did people know what was going on I'm assuming your well, movies eventually got seen <laughs> you know it, it, my dad was a cop my grandfather was a cop um, Rockford is a very large, small town. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, yeah. So what happened is I had told my father and that, you know, I, I, my mother and I have never had a good relationship, but I told my father and my grandparents or my grandmother that I was posing for Penthouse. And they didn't, it was really, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't like, yay, good for you, or... With the fuck, you know, it was just like, all right, it's your your life. You make your decisions. Just don't do anything that you're not gonna that you're not comfortable with. And I said, no, I'm totally comfortable with it. What I didn't tell them was when I started making movies. I I didn't tell them. And my father one night was out with uh, some friends, and they stopped into one of the the stores down on State Street, one of the adult bookstores. My father put a little coin in the slot. And there was his doctor. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. How'd so that phone call go? <laughs> well, he didn't have my phone number. He had my pager. But here's what happens. My dad tells the guy that runs the store, that owns it, that he wants every copy of the video. And, my, and the guy's going, no, I'm going to give you my the masters of this, this video. So my dad beats him up, uh, gets thrown in jail. Oh, no. Gets out of jail. It's now like four or five in the morning. Goes and get my gets my grandmother, wakes her up, drags her ass down to the same dirty bookstore, <laughs> makes her watch me blow around Jeremy, who is a pig and and just a whore. he's a rapist and a pig, and I hope he I can't wait till the fucker dies. Um, uh, but that's the only bad person that I have in the industry, and I that just really 
except for Tracy Lord's her tips can rot and fall off for all I care. Um, but anyway, back to <laughs> <laughs> back to happy things. Um, uh, so what was I saying? What your was your dad just took your grandma down to the oh, the so my dad shop. took Graham down, and my pager. I didn't. Yeah, my parents didn't have my home phone number. This was back in the pager days. So my pager goes off, and I, it's like 6 in the morning, and, and they said it's an emergency. You have to call home right away. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, my grandma, you right. know, my oh, grandfather yeah. just died, my, you know, something bad. And so I call my father, answers the phone. He goes, Eddie, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And, and so initially I was disowned from the family. I was not to co- speak to my, my younger sister or my brothers. Um, I wasn't to come home for Christmas. It was just one of those oh, really, really tough things. And I, I sat down one night and I wrote a, a three-page letter to my father mm-hmm. telling him, um, you know, that he had raised me to always believe in myself, to never give up, to never do anything that I didn't feel good about, to be proud of the choices that I made and to stand by my decisions, not to be a snitch. It, there were all of these wonderful things that my father instilled in me. And so when I wrote the letter, I said, you taught me this and this and this and this. And I am this woman now. I'm the same woman that I would be if I worked at, at 7-Eleven or if I'm having sex on film. This is your issue, not mine. And everything changed. That got through they, to him. I was it got through to them, and my father passed a few years back, and I got, uh, you know, all of his things, and I found the letter that I wrote to him all those years. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's in one of his boxes. My, my wonderful man of 10 years just walked out. <laughs> um, so initially it was harsh, but then after, you know, the letter and the conversations, um, my grandmother took... My, my penthouse to bingo with her and showed everybody. <laughs> um, it was, she was adorable. And then my father became my bodyguard. My, one of my very first conventions where I signed autographs was at the, um, I can't think of the name of the convention center in Chicago. Um, but it was a big one. Oh, the Rosemont so, Horizon was, maybe, or one of those. No, no, it was, no, it was, uh, it was a huge convention center. I'll, if I think of it, I'll let you know. Sure. But anyway, um, my father came, and I was just, you know, I wore a little blue dress that I got at Sears, signed my autographs, and my dad stood by me with his arms folded and next to me to make sure no one was disrespectful. And he did that from that that day until the day he died. He was my bodyguard. He went to every, every convention that I went to, wow. every place. And, uh, you know, when my Metallica video came out, I was Metallica video turned the page. And uh, it's one of the pieces of work that I'm the most proud of. It was just an amazing experience. And they made a short film out of it. But what my father saw was the night that they MTV had their, their premiere. And I had about 20 people at my house watching it. And after it was over, my oh, well, there's two reactions. One, if you've seen the video, it's extremely disturbing. And my son was about three at the time. And... In Amer- the American version shows a lot of violence, but there is a little nudity. And so uh, my character gets beat up by a John that she picks up on the street. And my son, not knowing what was going on, just saw mommy getting hit on the TV, ran up and he's beating on the TV going, leave my mommy alone, leave my Aww. mommy alone. 
It was so sweet and so sad. And I'm like, no, honey, that's a movie. That's just like when we watch The Wizard of Oz. No, it's not. It's, it's on TV. It's not real. So that was uh, that was my son's reaction. But my father actually called and said, I'm I'm so proud of you. you. You've turned into a really fine actress. I, I studied acting at the Beverly Hills Playhouse for about six years after I saw myself on screen for the first time and realized I couldn't act this is my way out. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, that Metallica video, um, yes, I do remember that. That was fantastic work. Uh, there are Thank just a, only a handful of videos in the history of video that get the accolades, uh, and that's one of them. People still talk about that. Um, it's always brought up in, in conversations about, I guess you'd call it short-form film, but it really, it was it was something else. They, they, he, he did make it into a 15-minute short film that showed at film festivals and won awards, um, so there was a short film made out of it. Jonas Ockerlin was the director. And he's directed everybody from Madonna to uh, Lady Gaga and everybody in between there. And uh, probably about 15 years ago, he was inducted into the um, Music Video Hall of Fame. And of all the people that he worked with, he asked me to be the presenter to give him his his, uh, video award. Oh, no kidding. Which was just, I, I still am just so touched. Whenever I work in anything with anybody, it's that's that period, that day, that moment in my life, and I don't ever get that one again. So I make the most of every moment that I have with every person that I meet. You know, when I'm when I'm at conventions and I'm meeting fans, you know, if you stand if you stand in line for an hour, you know, and you get, you're like, what the hell's going on? Why is she taking so long? It's because I give you five minutes because I talk to you, I ask you questions, mm-hmm. we talk. And, and there's a human element that, that, thank God, I still have. Right. That a lot of people don't have anymore. We are going to break away from the interview at this point. That's going to conclude part one of Ginger Lynn on our show. <laughs> hey, a big shout out to uh, John and Rosemary. Of course, you guys have heard them on our show many times before. They are the, the reason this whole thing happened. Um, thank you, thank you. Rosemary reached out to Ginger and, and got a positive response and put us in touch with the right people, and it was awesome. Also, a big thank you to uh, Nick, Ginger's manager. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on the show there, but uh, that guy's awesome, man. He was great in communicating with us and, and setting all this up and giving us talking points and stuff. Uh, just a great guy to work with, so uh, thank you to all those people who made this all possible. So next week, we will be back with part two of the Ginger Lynn interview And we're debating. I don't know if we're going to do this or not, honey. What do you think? (laughs) Are we master debating? (laughs) We're not master debating. We're just debating. (laughs) Uh, We've got so much crammed into this past week with with Ginger's interview and uh, naked camping and stuff. We want to get all this information out to you guys. So we're debating on maybe dropping two shows next week. Part two of, of the Ginger interview and Carmen's Naked Adventures. (laughs) <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Sounds like a children's book Carmen's Naked Adventures <laughs> Let's not make that a children's book <laughs> No <laughs> It was not for the kitties. So I think yeah, we, we might go that route and drop two shows next week You guys will get to hear all the shenanigans that went on this past weekend And trust me, you want to hear this <laughs> It was something else I think that's a good idea Carmen's little uh, turtle shell was pretty much shattered <laughs> <laughs> broke out of that some bitch 
All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of Midwest Menage a Trois. Make sure you tune in next week. We will see you then. Bye-bye.